0: Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 14, and I'm drinking Aperol. Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur is a podcast allowing me to drink more. I enjoy the flavors of distilled spirits, and I'm tasting different ones and sharing them with you, my audience. For each episode, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. So why did I choose Aperol for this episode? Well, I just ran out of Campari, but actually, I've never had Aperol before. Aperol also has a story of success through advertising, and I'm a marketer by trade, so this is a great example of the power of advertising when applied to a quality product. The Aperol I have comes in a standard 750 milliliter bottle. It's also the least potent liquor or liqueur that I've covered thus far on this podcast. It's only 11% alcohol by volume, making it a light 22 proof. And Aperol sells for about $25. And what is Aperol? In short, it's an aperitivo. It's a bittersweet Italian liqueur. So let's get to tasting. I've never had Aperol, so this will be the first time. Alright, let's open it up. Metal screw cap, cracks right off. And for every liquor or liqueur that I review, I taste them neat, which is room temperature, just straight out of the bottle. So let's give it a pour. I'm using a nosing glass, which is a tulip-shaped glass, allows the aromas to gather at the top. And on the nose, Aperol has got a very strong orange flavor. There's a bit of something else in there, too. Some herbs, something. Can't really say. But the forward note is orange. And in the glass, the color of vaporol is a vivid orange-red. It's very low proof, so barely get a hint of any alcohol tears. There's not much alcohol in it. Okay, so let's try it out. Let's give it a taste. Huh? That's sweet slightly bitter, bittersweet. I mean, I can taste the bittering agent, but compared to Campari or an Amaro uh, that is really bitter, this is very easy drinking. Oh, wow. It is almost wickedly good. It's very orange. Uh, It's got a nice mouthfeel, very velvety smooth as you swallow it. And I, I pick up some vanilla undertone to it as well from a flavor profile. Interestingly, Aperol is almost never consumed neat. It's uh, rarely even served on the rocks. It's almost reserved exclusively for a single cocktail. But just neat here in my nosing glass. This is very good. I don't pick up any hints of ethanol or alcohol. Slight warming through my chest as I've swallowed it. Just a little bit of that ethanol. It's... It's very low proof. (laughs) I've just got a smile on my face. I'm very pleasantly surprised by this. It is really sweet, slightly bitter, makes me happy. So I, I like this. We're gonna have fun. Jumping into the history of Aperol, it's just over 100 years old now, having been launched in 1919 in the northern Italian town of Padua by brothers Silvio and Luigi Barbieri. These brothers inherited a liqueur company from their father Giuseppe in 1912. They reportedly spent several years concocting various recipes until they settled on the formula for Aperol that has remained unchanged to this day. As with almost every liqueur, the recipe is a secret one, it's still secret to this day, but it is known to contain bitter and sweet oranges along with gentian, rhubarb, and cinchuna, which are various bittering agents. And there's of course some sugar in this, being it's a liqueur and quite sweet. Also some water and artificial dyes, yellow number six and red E124, or an artificial cochineal red, which gives the liqueur its distinctive red-orange color. So the recipe hasn't changed in a hundred years, but the ingredients surely have, with the substitution for the artificial coloring. Back in 1919, the red would have come from natural cochineal, which is an insect. It's like a scale insect, and you can grind this up and you get the red coloration from it. It's commonly used in food today, so it's there's nothing wrong with it, but it's much easier just to use a synthetic. Aperol's name comes from the French term Aperol, which is an abbreviation for aperitif, and the only spelling difference is an addition of an L in Aperol, whereas the French abbreviation lacks the L and it also has an accent on the vowel. All that said, Aperol is indeed an aperitif, and it's often drank before meals. When the liqueur was launched in 1919, it found success throughout Italy, and uh, popularity grew up into the 1930s or so. Real sales growth happened after World War II when advertising kicked in, and the first advertising took the form of posters in bars and cafes where the product was sold. The breakout moment, though, came in the mid-1960s when the first Italian TV commercials ran with a campaign of, ah, apparel. In Italy in the 1960s, they had an advertising format called Carosello, or Carousel in English, and it allowed for a three-minute time slot. These three-minute time slots ended up being brief shows with advertising messages appended to the front and back. You can think of them like a sketch comedy or a variety show. The one for Aperol comes from 1965, and it features a famous Italian actor, Tino Bortelli, and he repeats the catchphrase, ah, Aperol, four times in the last 30 seconds. And it shows Tino striking his forehead as he says it, as if he's just remembered it. Ah, Aperol. Repetition is recognition, and this ad campaign really worked. I'll post a link to the ad in the show notes, but exponential growth followed this ad campaign. In the 1980s through the early 2000s, advertising pivoted to focus on the Aperol Spritz. And a pivotal moment came in 2003 when Grupo Campari bought Aperol through the acquisition of Barbaro 1891, who was the owner of Aperol at the time. Campari put some major marketing muscle behind Aperol once they acquired it. Aperol benefited from Campari's extensive sales and distribution network, and Aperol's reach went worldwide, and they were first imported into the U.S. in 2006. In 2009 the bottle was updated and it's really quite a great bottle when you look at it. Spirit bottle is very defining feature of a brand and this is well designed. It's got a nice flared base. The neck is the appropriate size and length to easily hold the bottle by the neck so you can kind of carry it that way. Also around the midsection there's indentations uh, left and right of the front label where your fingertips and thumb fit so you can grab grasp the bottle around the midsection. To top off the bespoke nature of the bottle, it has the word Aperol 1919 and the stylized A from the logo molded into the glass. The front and back labels are designed to fit the shape of the bottle, so the complete package, it gives it a very classy look. It stands out at the liquor store shelf as well as on the back bar. Along with the redesigned bottle in 2011, Campari launched pre-mixed Aperol Spritz cocktails. They're not distributed outside of Europe though, but they're ready to drink. The Aperol acquisition has been a big success for Campari. As of 2017, Aperol accounted for about 13% of the Overall sales for Campari, with the US being a major market for the liqueur. So, how is Aperol made? In short, I'm not sure. Again, it's a secret recipe, and that is the case with almost all liqueurs. They're always secret. But it is said to be an infusion of perhaps 30 herbs and spices and roots, the ones that I listed earlier. It's probably got a neutral grain spirit alcohol base. Grupo Campari is the sixth largest global beverage brand as of 2015, and they own 16 manufacturing plants and a handful of wineries, so they're making Aperol at an industrial scale. So that's the history. But how do you drink Aperol? Aperol is inseparable from the Aperol Spritz. And again, liquor and liqueur connoisseur is not intended to be a cocktail show, but this particular liqueur is inseparable from the Aperol Spritz cocktail. As of 2019, the Aperol Spritz is said to be the ninth best-selling cocktail worldwide, according to Drinks International. So the origins of this light, refreshing cocktail that's been an Italian favorite for decades is a bit murky. However, However, it's generally accepted that the spritz was invented during the Austrian occupation of Italy in the 19th century. And this is the 1800s, so before Aperol was even invented. But German soldiers found the local wines in the Vento part of Italy too strong for their taste. It was uh, more alcoholic than the beers they were used to, and thus they added water to dilute them. The German verb spritzen, meaning to spray, gave its name to the drink. And over time, it changed from still water to carbonated. And personally, I've experienced this tendency firsthand. Back in college in 1995, I spent a Christmas in Germany with a family of an exchange student my family had hosted here in the United States. While I was in Germany, they had the practice of diluting soft drinks with sparkling water. I learned the term mit Wasser, or with water, at mealtime when sharing beverages. It was commonplace to cut your drink with water, so it seems totally feasible to me that Germans would have added water to wine to dilute it. Jump ahead to the 1950s, and the generic wine spritz evolved into the Aperol spritz when some unnamed individual mixed three parts Prosecco, which is a sweet, sparkling Italian wine, two parts Aperol, and one part soda water. Adding an orange wedge or a wheel, and ta-da, the Aperol spritz was born. It's light, sweet, bubbly, low-proof cocktail that can be enjoyed as a refreshing drink in a social setting, and that indeed is how it is consumed. Italians love them, so do most people that try them. An Aperol Spritz is a great drink. It's in essence a wine cocktail that's easy to make and easy to drink, but being low alcohol, uh, you aren't really going to overdo it. An Aperol Spritz is always served on the rocks in a wine glass and gently stirred. You just pour the Prosecco Aperol and sparkling water, in, lightly stir it, add your orange garnish, and that's it. The back label on the bottle includes the traditional 3 one recipe of Prosecco Aperol and Soda Water, and I'll share it in the show notes. So in summary, what do I think of Aperol? It is really good. I've enjoyed it. It's very light and sweet. I was thinking it was going to be a lighter, easier to drink sibling of Campari, and I find it quite different. Campari is much more bitter. They're compared often, almost substitutable in Negronis or other cocktails, but Aperol is very good. I'm enjoying it just neat, right out of the bottle. It's very sweet. Doesn't feel alcoholic at all, which which is, I don't know, maybe you don't get your money's worth out of it, but it makes a good drink. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor & Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes will be on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. The show's also on social media. I post on Facebook and Instagram, occasionally Twitter as well. And let's see, in this episode, I've probably butchered about three different languages, Italian, French, German, maybe even English by my count. But uh, if I have... totally butchered your native tongue, please correct me. And I look forward to your feedback, so get in touch and tell me what liquors in the course you would like to hear about next. And as always, thanks for listening.